welcome to the Chumps and Champs Fantasy Football Podcast across the fantasy football sphere. Drafts upon drafts upon drafts have gone down, including yours and ours, the greatest league in the world, the WCFFL. We have our teams and are now just tapping on our desks. We're waiting for week one to start. We're your hosts, GM Lions and Coach DOA. Wow. You know, it seems like we have been waiting um, an eternity since our draft, and it was just, what, a couple weekends ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that one. Uh, we have a double-sided episode for you all this week. The draft recap is the first half, and then what you've been waiting for all off season. our predictions for week one. There's a lot to cover. We're going to get right to it with the draft recap. Like you said, Coach DOA, it happened to – God, it just – it seems like it happened a while ago, but it was just a little bit. Just August 27th, Saturday this year, our draft happened. Uh, when this uh, episode drops, uh, you'll be able to find some pictures, some videos posted on our Twitter account, at Chump2Champ underscore FF, the number two, and also on our Instagram, at Chumps underscore the number two underscore champs. So go check them out, give us a follow, and don't forget to hashtag your favorite draft. Let's get right to the draft highlights and lowlights. I've, uh, you know, of course, because I'm this way, I have three highlights and three lowlights. Uh, I'll, I'll get going with my first highlight. Yeah, you, you can't stop this guy from organizing. Yeah, I, I have to organizing. Have to organize it. it. I can't have a three and a two, two and a three. Can't do it. Can't do it. Highlight number one. Simple. The draft. We're in person. Nothing recaptures that that Christmas morning childhood feeling like draft day. We wait. We prepare for it all off season. Most of us prepare for it. It seems like it's forever away, and there's no way it's ever going to get there. And then all of a sudden, hanging out with everybody in Mission Beach, California, playing golf, watching the elder patrons of the beachcomber engage coach Decker in some conversation. <laughs> and of course we are drafting. Nothing beats the draft day, especially when you're drafting from a podium. Shout out to coach Tarantino for driving that thing all the way down to San Diego. Yeah. And uh, humping it up the stairs, humping it down the stairs by himself, even just uh, remarkable. And I can't say enough about mission beach, man. Just, uh, just, uh, you know, San Diego area. Uh, Lovely people there, you know, places we got our coffee at, places, yeah. uh, the drinking uh, establishments, like you said, the Beachcomber and the other, the, the Pennant, Pinnacle. Yeah, the Pennant. Pennant, the pennant. yes, yes. Uh, great stuff, and a, and, a, and a big shout out to the morning dog walkers uh, in, in Mission Beach, because uh, all those dog owners out there are beautiful. They're beautiful people. Yeah, they are really good looking folks down there. <laughs> and all that, I was going to say, and all that entails, they're... They're uh, very attractive people down there. Yeah. Uh, do you have a highlight, or you just want me to get to my first low light? Uh, well, no. Let's 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 ride the the wave uh, a little longer here in the high. Um, yeah, it's great doing the doing the live draft, the podium. We got the microphone on the podium and everything. And and uh, one thing with a keeper league, you know, you can only keep three of your players going in, you know, to the next season. So it's always a special treat if somehow the draft falls to you. And you get one of your previous players that you had last team last time, and uh, that you really enjoy rooting for. And for me this year, got to redraft Zach Ertz. Felt really good. Like around seven, seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. Back on the Tritons. Back on the Tritons, man. Yeah, that, I, I, and you know, to that, uh, I I've mentioned it before. I talked about it at length last year. Uh, I've also talked about it a little bit this year whenever the player is brought up. Antonio Gibson. I tried to acquire all last year. I tried to uh, just trade with him on, when he was on multiple teams. And just as luck would have it, he fell to me in the eighth round, and I decided to take him and the shot pick that went with him. But, yeah, it's it's nice to actually get someone finally on your team that you've been kind of pining for. Yes, coveting. That is not in the Ten Commandments. It is okay to covet your opponent's players. Yeah, it's definitely okay. I've been I'm doing that right now with a lot of players. Yes, indeed. there's a lot of coveting going on. Indeed, indeed. That, uh, that could get me to one of my lowlights. But uh, why don't we hear one of yours? Uh, okay. Uh, 
Well, my first low light. You know what? I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna I'm gonna save this one. It's a big one. Uh, I'm gonna go with just you know back onto onto the theme of the live draft. Everyone being together. Unfortunately, Coach Elizalde, Coach Yerky, heal up Yerk, weren't able to join us. And for the first time in a very long time, Coach Doe was also unable to attend. One of these days, we're going to get 100%, all 12 of us. Yeah, so speaking of players that uh, you, you, you covet from other teams, um, uh, Coach Thompson, the Mamba, uh, who you know kept uh, uh, Josh Allen as his quarterback, uh, he jumped a little earlier than I thought. It was a gross miscalculation on my part because I thought I was going to get my quarterback of the future. Um, once Stafford is done, Derek Carr and uh, Mamba got him in the ninth. I that's that that is as far as how I see my draft personally. That was my biggest faux pas because I did want to get him. I had designs on him and I did not execute that strategy. And you even did a. Uh, I tried to do a mid-draft trade. I did. I did. I was already talking about the potential. You know, swapping future draft picks and whatnot. Yeah. Nothing doing. Didn't happen. No. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, when you have a second quarterback, they're very valuable. Yes. There seemed to be some of that going on in our <laughs> draft, which was puzzling. Very. And delightful. And delightful uh, very. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so I have I have another highlight here, but, but I want to piggyback on your low light a little bit, talking about kind of being sniped or thinking someone would be there at a certain time and they would not be uh, like pushing the envelope of waiting. Like I get to wait one more round. I did. I pushed the envelope. I uh, threw some trades. I had a mid eighth round pick. This is where I actually took Antonio Gibson. I was talking about, but I had never expected him to be there. So I bypassed on someone who went one, pick before me in the ninth round when I was hoping I could get him. George Pickens, actually. Yeah. I was I had designs on him. I love what I was seeing from him in the preseason. I think he's just another just mm, chef's kiss brilliant wide receiver selection by the Steelers who are have another all world wide receiver on their hands with him. Uh, yeah, they um they they really hit often. Yeah. Yeah, wide receivers, unlike the New England Patriots. Yeah, yeah. they <laughs> New England Patriots. It's like they have a disease. They just cannot get a wide receiver. They can't scout wide receiver talent at all. Cannot. Terrible at it. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to a highlight. My second highlight here. For the first time ever, Coach Berg was in a fantasy football league and drafted a team. I have to say, all things considered, being a rookie, first time ever really not being able to name a running back or a wide receiver the night yes. before. The night before. The night before. Uh, he actually did a tremendous job. Uh, he had his computer rankings out. He was actively monitoring the draft board and what other teams were doing and their picks. I uh, had like a front row seat to that because I was sitting at the same table just across from him. He did, he did a really good job, a very, very solid job for the first timer so good job rookie yeah i totally agree it was it was kind of impressive it, it kind of looked like he had done drafts before just not with us yeah right really, like it was very very interesting yeah i i was expecting extreme wild card activity from him like hey is brett Favre available you know yeah, yeah nothing like that because you know the websites you know i mean if we were doing it super old school with, uh, you know, maybe writing the names in and no computers, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. yeah, big issues. But that just goes to show you the quality of, of the websites and people, you know, that, that are hosting fantasy sports and stuff. But the thing is, he he did go against the grain sometimes, you know, from, say, the CBS Sports Line uh, rankings that were there on your screen in the draft room, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, he did kind of have his own little zingers here and there, so... It'll be interesting to see what he does in the season, though, with the free agency and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see how he does post-draft now. Yeah. This is where you kind of really, you know, test your medal and earn, earn earn those championships and earn those stripes. 
is what you do after the draft, right? For sure. And then I've got a second low light here due to a series of trades last season. <laughs> we got to watch Coach Lake have not only the first two picks of the draft, but a plethora of picks in the first four rounds. I think by the end of round four, correct me if I'm wrong, he was well into drafting his reserves. Um, I will correct you, but not on that. That is correct. But when you say we got to watch him do that, I mean, words are important. We had to watch him do that. <laughs> there was no, oh, we get to. No, oh, boy. Fuck, man. What about, you know, the just Coach Lake fatigue? It's like, yeah. this guy again? Ugh. I know. Right, and we saw that in our mock draft as well. It's like, hey, look at this—you're picking for, you're picking for Coach Lake and potential hazard again. Yeah, and it was yeah. exactly that. I mean, he he did what we thought he was going to do with those first two picks: Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams. Uh huh. Despite him trying to convince us otherwise, but you know, uh, my my only hope there is that he completely laked it. Well, that's why they play the games, because on paper, his team looks pretty darn good. Do you got a uh, another low-light highlight, anything, before I get into my last highlight? No, let's get into that last one, because I, 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 I think I have it kind of scribbled down as well. All right, so uh, this is my last highlight, then I'll get right into the low-light there. Uh, the highlight, really, it had to do with my draft and how, how I did there. I really had a hope that one of Kamara... Saquon, Aaron Jones would make it to me with my first official pick, which due to keepers and everything was like the eighth pick of the draft. Uh, if not them, then Pitts. So anyone that was there, obviously none of those players made it, which left me going plan B and going more of a, as people are calling a hero RB or punt RB2 uh, kind of approach. So I've already kept Eckler, so I had that number one running back. And I just decided, screw it. Running back two will take care of itself later. Uh, so I'm actually pretty happy with the team I put together. I was at the 12 spot. Uh, for those of you out there that are at the turn, so the 11, 12, 1, 2, got a little piece of advice for you. There is going to be a massive amount of picks in between your, <laughs> yes. your choices, right? massive amount of picks, especially like in a 12-team league, your 24 players will go off the board, right? So if you like someone, don't be afraid to, as the pundits would call it, quote-unquote, reach for them, right? Don't worry about the ADP. That's what I did. I liked A.J. Brown, so I took him there, you know? There's no way he was going to make it back to me. So if I wanted him, I had to take him. So I did. Uh, and then on the 3-4 turn, um, I knew these guys weren't going to be here, so I got Dalton Schultz and Mooney. And then my RB2 actually fell into my lap with Chase Edmonds and the 6, so I was pretty happy about that. That's why it's a highlight. I felt like it kind of went my way after an, an initial disappointment, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. You didn't get uh, – you got smacked in the face, but you were able to keep your composure and uh, yeah. carry out some good decisions. Unlike – my final low light i i was gonna say it i am thoroughly confused by what coach lou did in the draft <laughs> i he he kept justin herbert and don't by the way don't let him fool you if he tries to tell you the zero rb draft strategy thing he was talking about because even though he did it i don't think he executed it quite like it should be and it's just bad like I mentioned, he had Justin Herbert as a keeper, and he decides to use his, his pick in the second round, which is the ninth pick overall, right after me, when I made my pick, on Mahomes. So he uses a high-value pick on something that's going to get him zero points, right? He's either going to start Herbert or Mahomes. It's, it's, he doesn't make out on that deal. Yeah, it's not a super flex league, folks. Yeah, it's not. It's a one-quarterback league, so... Yeah, that, that's that's what confused me so much was he essentially said, yeah, I want to take this very high-value pick and turn it into a zero, right? I want to make other people trade for me, trade with me for Mahomes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he could take in Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill as, like, the greatest wide receiver three or flex options 
because they already had Keenan Allen and Michael Pittman. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, his his starting running back lineup right now for week one is Damian Harris and Alexander Hamilton Madison. Well, you know, that's that's zero running backs. It is zero running backs. Right? But the thing is, he he started drafting the – he didn't hold out long enough before he started getting these, these low-quality running backs, right? Yep. He could have waited longer, and he could have had – you know, like a Michael Carter in, on the Jets who might end up actually being better than Brees Hall initially. You know what I right. mean? But, but uh, and then he could have, his wide receivers and whatnot could have been just that much better. Um, yeah. But yeah, but his big mistake was 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 Mahomes. And it's it's funny because in the mock draft, um, Coach, Coach Fazone was flabbergasted and didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, what did he get Lamar Jackson instead of Mahomes? He picked him Lamar Jackson in the first round. Yeah. I mean, what, like, I mean, took Coach Lou's credit. I mean, he did take Pitts in the first round, which I, I would have taken him with that very next pick. I would have done it in a heartbeat. Right, right. But then right? it just... And then it just kind of spiraled there. Like, even his flex right now, it's George Pickens, which, you know, that's part of taking Mahomes right there is you now you're left with a flex of Pickens instead of a Mike Evans or a Tyreek Hill. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Right. I mean, I love you, Coach Lou, but I, don't know, I have no idea what you're thinking. So that that's my highlights and lowlights. And now this is this kind of applies to everybody. Now now we're in that situation, right? The, the draft is over. Your season is starting. How can you improve your team post-draft? What are some of the things you can do? The draft is over. Let's get to work. Yeah, most leagues allow um, the waiver wire to run before the first game, the first week starts. Um, so that's uh, by the time this airs, it might have already happened for some 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 folks. Also, trade potential is still there. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's always guys out there that that uh, they aren't super happy with their draft, right? They didn't get the guys they want. Like we just mentioned, Coach Lou. He's got two running backs that I'm sure he would rather not be starting. Yeah, and if, if you're a team that's severely lacking in something, you know there's a team that has a glut of it. Sometimes you're going to have to go and, and and bolster your team. You know, if things didn't fall right in your draft. In years past, I've always thought like, hey, man, just ride out the draft and, see, you, know, you know, ride with those players. Give them a shot. But man, sometimes you just can look and you just there's a gut, there's a gut feeling, and you're just yeah. like, "What? I need to make a change now." Uh, no, I know, I am with you on that. I I normally err to the side of, "Look, I drafted these guys, I gotta see if they pan out, right?" Like I picked them, I owe I owe it to myself and them to go. Okay, I'm gonna give you a week or two, right? I can't I can't just let them go. Uh, however, I did I did make you a one for one trade offer which you're like no i gotta see what this guy does and i'm like dang it but anyway yeah yeah um i mean i i took a walk with coach lou after after the draft to uh kind of get his feelings about mahomes and what it might take um to trade for him but uh it the conversation went basically nowhere yeah well it's because he wasn't desperate yet no. which give him a couple of weeks of, of losses he will be yeah um and also, if your team out there uh, and your quarterback struggles in week one, uh, Hen's going to come knocking on your door. Oh, he's probably got the text ready to go. Fishing Mahomes around. Yeah. That. Right. Uh, yeah, and that, that's a really good point also is identify needs from the rest of the league. Not just your own needs, but look at the other teams. What do they got? What don't they have? Right. Maybe you can help. Maybe you can help each other. Right, the best trades are the ones that help both teams, because both teams walk away going, yeah, 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 I'm better, I'm better now. Yeah, and uh, also, I mean, being aware of, of other teams' needs can also help you in the in the waiver situation. Um, if you have the space on your roster to, and you have waiver priority over some people, you know, this is cutthroat. Make a move to block someone from getting that free agent that's out there that's valuable that wasn't drafted. 
Yep. Now that that that's another great point that's going to lead us into our next little segment here on this is the undrafted players that you should be out there looking to get. Say, for example, like you said, if you got some room or if you have like an IR spot, make use of that. You know, draft an injured player, put them on IR and then go see who you can get that wasn't drafted. Right. Um, I got I have a few options for you out there. Uh, one at, at least one at each position um, at quarterback. I'd say target Trevor Lawrence. I have him written down as well. Yeah. Uh, if you're so inclined, you don't have a backup to your quarterback one already, and you're not like Josh Allen or Herbert or Mahomes or anything like that, and you'd like to have that roster room, go get him. Uh, he faces the worst team in the league against quarterbacks from last year. So it could launch him on his way to a quarterback one season. Just don't even think about what happened to him last year. That Urban Meyer tragedy is something else. Uh, he's got a real coach now, someone that can actually utilize his talent. His overall number one draft pick status talent. Uh, get him as a backup. Maybe use him as a trade later, right? If his value goes up. Yeah, especially if you're in a keeper league, that you're gonna have a, a great value for him. And you have to look at his first season as a redshirt season. Yeah, you you can't hold that against him. No, not at all. But actually, there are some good points on there. He did a healthy amount of running, which is always good for quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, so I got a, a couple running backs as well that, that should be out there that were undrafted. Hopefully they were for you. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Ah. Uh, you got him too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, look, look, Mostert, he just can't seem to stay healthy. He's on the wrong side of 30. Um but now he's in a situation with a familiar coach that's super beneficial to his outlook. All the guy has to do is stay healthy. I think he's a very low-risk running back that any zero RB team out there should scoop up ASAP. Just just go do it if you're a zero RB. You know who I'm talking to. <laughs> uh, and then um, the other one I've got, he was drafted in our league, actually by me. Uh, but he's undrafted in a ton of leagues out there. Rashad White. Um, He is available in a ton of leagues. If he is, go get him. Fournette misses an average of three games a season. White was easily, easily the best receiving running back in the draft with great size and quick feet and good balance. He could actually be a three-down running back if he's given the chance. And it's likely he'll be given that chance considering Fournette averages three missed games a season. And plus, quarterback would be Brady. And boy, I don't know if Brady loves throwing to running backs. He might. He might. He has a history pattern, yeah. you would say. A pattern. Of yeah. Running back. Right. Do you have any other running backs that, that you want to bring up? Well, I just, uh, most of you already hit him. So. Huh? All right. Would Did you like know? to go with your wide receiver so I don't uh, step on those toes as well? Yeah, you know, it was really interesting um, because of, of uh, you know, some negative sentiments out there uh, surrounding, um, you know, two-time MVP uh, Aaron Rodgers um, and losing Devontae Adams. I noticed in, in, in not only our draft, but a couple other drafts that I've been a part of that uh, Green Bay receivers kind of like, they fall pretty low in the draft because you're like who's gonna get the ball i don't know know what's going on and the thing is i think people keep forgetting that sammy watkins is there in green bay and uh i think that is a dark horse in that offense because he's the most veteran presence next to randall cobb but he has much more uh speed (laughs) in his feet remaining than Randall Cobb. So I think Sammy Watkins might be a big splash early on. That's actually really funny you mentioned him because you were bringing up, you're doing your lead-in, the Green Bay wide receivers. He didn't even enter my head. (laughs) I thought it was a Christian Watson or something, the rookie you were talking about. I'm like, huh, and then you said Sammy Watkins. I'm like, oh, yeah, he is on the Packers. See, that's that's how, how deep it goes there. Uh, my wide receiver uh, is a guy in his second season. It's Nico Collins. 
from the Houston Texans. He's evolved from this possession type receiver that wasn't great at running routes that just would use his size on contested catches. He's, he's evolved. He's now a solid route runner and he still uses his size. So it's just a huge benefit in the red zone. He's going to be in a lot of positive game scripts for a wide receiver. I don't think Houston's going to be in a lot of close ones or having the lead, let's say. Um, and if something happens to Brandon Cooks, he's going to be the wide receiver one there. Not very bad upside or risk for a undrafted free agent pickup. Right, yeah, that's a good one. That's solid. Right. I hadn't thought about that, dude. No. And he is actually available in our league, so he must be available in others. Uh, and then I've got a tight end. Uh, if you listen to our sleeper episode, you would know that Austin Hooper is my 2022 tight end sleeper. He's currently the, I think, 20, 22nd ranked tight end on pretty much every fantasy analyst's ranking. So safe to say he went undrafted in your league, uh, unless you're extremely deep dynasty league, which then good luck finding somebody. Look, there's no real options in Tennessee except for Bobby Trees coming off an ACL injury. He's age 30 and a rookie in Traylon Burks that's been struggling. I'm not really buying that struggle i think it's more of that jamar chase can't catch type stuff uh, but i'm still buying hooper as an option two and sometimes even an option one in this passing offense just grab him stash him if he doesn't do anything you cut him hoop there it is <laughs> nice i uh i my tight end um this this guy you know has just had some bad luck in his career based on where he's been you know he um he gets drafted by the Ravens, and then Mark Andrews shows up. Oh, sorry, we got to ship you out of town. You've been fine, but uh, this guy's just better. So I'm talking. Well, he was about... drafted in the first round, right? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so first round talent, Hayden Hurst. He is damn solid, and he is a mismatched tight end. But yeah, the knock on him is just uh, situational. What teams he's on, injuries perhaps in the past. And I was reading that, uh, you know, the Bengals do not or did not with Joe Burrow last season utilize a tight end very often. But Hayden Hurst is a much different tight end than C.J. Uzoma. Uzoma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that was right. I, I don't know. I probably slaughtered it. Sorry, bro. Um, yeah, he's a different guy. He's a different cat. So he can be used differently offensively in that passing game. And uh, I think uh, I think he's worth uh, grabbing. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind that. I mean, it's all these guys are undrafted, right? So it's going to cost you effectively nothing to go get them and put them on your team if you have space. I'm not suggesting you go out and you cut someone that that you kind of like that you want to see how they go. No, you have that empty spot from an IR move, or you just did a two for one trade. You got an empty spot. Give one of these guys a shot. Absolutely. Right. All right. Now we've reached the portion of the episode here in the draft recap where we start doing predictions. Yep. We're still doing a six playoff team, uh, six playoff teams this year with the top two getting buys in week 15. We're talking to WCFFL here. Uh, we're going to pick the playoff teams and the champion. We're not allowed to pick ourselves as champion because uh, I'd pick myself 100% of the time. And I'd be right a lot. So uh, let's just get right into it and pick these playoff teams. All right. So playoff teams, who do you got? So I am picking myself to make the playoffs. Let's get that out of the well, way. I mean, come on. Treasure Island Tritons. Um, I uh, think I think you're going to scrap your way in there, but it's going to be difficult. Highness are in there. Ooh. I have Red Scare in there. I have Mamba. The audacity of hope. That's not a comment. What? A new team name, apparently. What? And a potential hazard. Wow. Okay. We differ. We differ slightly here. I have uh, potential hazard and the X-ray specs as the top two seeds, and then White Mamba is going to round out the division winners. And as the wild cards, I have. The Highness, myself, worst team ever, and Cobra Kai. 
I really wanted to put a third team from the damn rain division uh, in there, but I think this is going to end up being the division of death this year when I looked at it and they're just going to beat each other up and it's going to prevent that third team from getting in. All right. Yeah. Look it down. Save it. Here's for freezing cold takes. Yeah, exactly. Mark it down, everybody. And, And speaking of freezing cold takes, here comes my champion prediction for the 2022 WCFL season. What's that on the horizon? Oh, yeah, that's another apocalypse because the X-ray specs are going to take it again. Oh, geez. Okay. So um, I think I'm just going to have to continue this this episode alone because <laughs> clearly I've lost it. GM Lyons has lost it. And, yes, he did have it to lose. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I'm calling I'm calling for a Mamba championship this year. I had Mamba last year. <laughs> Didn't work out for him. <laughs> no, no, it did not. But it did work out for you, didn't it? It did. Right on. Hey, you know what's awesome? We don't have to eat crow this week. There's no eating crow. There is none. Well, I mean, probably this champion thing already. I'm eating crow on it. But hey, you know what? I'll, I'll do that at the end of the season. But what we do get to do, we get right into the week ahead. Enough of the draft recap. We're going to go and we're going to go through each of our games for this this week coming up for week one. We're going to pick a winner. We're going to pick an explosion, implosion player that match up. We are recording this on a Monday, so it's one day before our preseason waiver wire, and three days before the Thursday game with the defending NFL champion Rams against some team from Buffalo or something, I think. Um, so the preview scores are most likely to change here. So week one, let's do it. First game, Secret Asian Man versus Potential Hazard. The current projections currently have Potential Hazard 159 to 143. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we, we spoke about uh, Secret Asian Man draft and how, you know, um, <clears throat> I think he's currently starting Mahomes and over Herbert. Yeah, I think, yeah. Right now, Mahomes is starting over Herbert. And that's going to be an issue with him. Yes. Every game, and uh, he's not always going to get that pick right. But what I look at is is the running back situation here for these two teams. Yep. We have one team, Damian Harris and Alexander, Alexander Madison. Right? And they're... Their projections seem, I'm like, oh, yeah, those seem logical, you know, a 12 and an 8. I'm like, yeah. Can't argue with those too much. They probably won't end up being too much less because mm-hmm. they're not going to be too much more. Yep. Well, then I look at Joe Mixon and Derrick Henry, and I'm like, um, they're both at 18, and I think those are skewed low. Well, definitely Derrick Henry. Low. He's coming He's coming in out of the gates against a terrible Giants defense that just for some reason let go of their middle linebacker. So at the 18, he could, he could hit 36. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So he's going he's gonna to kick butt there. But also, I just think he's going to – it's going to be a slaughter for Hazard is going to win, um, not just because of those two running backs, but also because of the explosion player. Hollywood Brown. Oh man, you gotta love you gotta love that early season Cardinals offense. Yes, absolutely. Right? He's gonna feast on in that offense. You know, he's 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 gonna get the lion's share or the Cardinals share, a lot of bird seed out there for him to eat on those on, on Kyler Murray. Yep. Asian man's in trouble week one. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's just gonna be too much for him. Uh, he's going up against, like we were just talking about, a stacked lineup. Uh, and, you know, he's bringing Damian Harris and Alexander Madison to the table. Um, you know, by the time this airs, hopefully the waiver wire is run and he's picked up a couple of these guys we talked about, like Mostert, perhaps, uh, or even a couple other guys, Amir Abdullah, who is in the James, could be in the James White role in the Raiders offense, and, uh, and or Jarek McKinnon. Because if last season's playoffs are any indicator, you could have the pass-catching role in KC. So there's, there's possibilities with the PPR format to, to get a little bit more points. But even if he does that, it's just too much. Um, especially with the Herbert Mahomes decision 
every week. Uh, it's just too many, also too many explosions for Coach Lake. Like we talked about Derrick Henry already. He could have been one. And then you mentioned Hollywood Brown was yours. I have another one. Another explosion. Dak Prescott is going to go wild against Tampa Bay in primetime Sunday night football. He's going to throw it all over the place. Tampa Bay, you know, stops the run better than anybody. He'll have no choice. He's going to throw it. So I'm picking I'm picking Hazard. I'm along with you. I'm picking Hazard, and it's going to be a points explosion for him. We are in agreement. Yes, we are. All right, game two is Red Scare versus the Audacity of Hope. Uh, current projections have Red Scare 153 to 141. Like the formerly named Wrong Direction for all of you out there that are wondering what is this Audacity of Hope. Coach Tarantino is hoping beyond hope that the name change is going to change his fortunes. Not this week. Coach Elizalde's keepers, Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, are going to lead Red Scare to victory despite an implosion from Red Scare's quarterback, Trey Lance. He's not going to come out of the gates all fast. The fans aren't going to be calling for Jimmy G just yet, but they're, they'll be chatting about it. They're going, to, they're, going to be, they're going to be, you know, they're on Discord and their chat rooms. They're going to be talking about it. Well, that's great because I'm just going to say that uh, the first thing I wrote down here is Trey Lance implosion. Oh, man, it's a double implosion. That's not going to be the reason that Red Scare loses. I do have Audacity of Hope as a winner. And what I see as I scrolled and looked at his team is obviously, yes, Cooper Cup is is um, the god of wide receivers in this matchup. Obviously, he's going to outscore the rest. But when I looked on, I like Allen Robinson a lot more than Gabe Davis. And I like T. Higgins a lot more than Amon Ra St. Brown. And I think that's going to be the difference in a very close game. Those receiver matchups. Um, no, I, I could see it. Uh, the other thing that I that I could see there is Allen Robinson is going to be playing with the, the best quarterback of his career. They might want to just all that preseason talk of building him up. They're going to be like, no, no, we weren't kidding. He's awesome. Here's a couple touchdowns for him, right? I, I could see an explosion from him, but just like I could see an explosion from Gabriel Davis, where Stephon Diggs gets the Jalen Ramsey treatment, which, if you watch the Super Bowl, really isn't that intimidating. But that would leave Gabe Davis against whoever the corner is for the Rams on the other side. He could have himself a day. I'm not saying a four-touchdown day like in the playoffs last year, but he could also have himself a day. All right, so we disagreed. It was bound to happen. It was going to happen at one point. Don't worry, Coach Pepper. It's okay. Don't cry. Game three, X-Ray Specs versus Cobra Kai. Current projections have Cobra Kai 153 to 152. Yeah, I mean, even the so-called experts won't really call this game here, right? And the projections are so damn close. So, So how do you call it, you know? Where where's the edge? You look at all these players matched up, and you're like, yeah, this is interchangeable. Does Russell Wilson really go off and take his vengeance against Seattle? Highly likely. Lamar Jackson versus the Jets. Oh my lord, I don't think 36 points is overdoing it there. You know that stuff makes sense. So what I was looking at, and what stuck out to me because of it's football we're talking about, right? Oh, yeah. And unexpected stuff happens, right, all the damn time. And what have we seen from from uh, Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins offense, you know, SF to Miami? We've seen all this talk in preseason and training camp about how Mike Gusecki is not picking up the offense he doesn't block well enough. It's not going to see a ton of action, whatever, right? They're talking about trading him. Talking about trading him. Well, he's my explosion player of the week. And that's going to give Cobra Kai the edge. 
out of nowhere, after all this talk about how he's not going to be effectual in this new offense, I don't, I don't think it's a conspiracy or anything. It's just going to happen. He's going to have a hell of a day. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you're ready to eat some crow next week. Um, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, this is, I mean, it's even even by the predictions, right? It's, it's the closest game of the week, right? Yes. If we gave points for cheesiness, Coach Decker would dominate with Russell Wilson in his lineup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Corniness. It's yeah. corny leader. It's super corny. Uh, so he's got, like you mentioned, he's got the revenge game against the Seahawks to kick off the season on Monday night. He could throw for six touchdowns. It's possible. I think that right there is the edge that the specs will need due to the explosion of let's ride Russell Wilson on Monday night. Uh, he's also going to, I think he's also, it's going to put him over the edge by just a few points because I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of subpar performances. I don't agree with you on the Kasiki. I think literally he's not doing well and they don't like him. So I don't, I, it's a possibility he gets zero points, but I think it's going to be a tight game. I think Lamar Jackson's going to do what he can to keep pace with Russell, but Kamara, CeeDee Lamb, and surprisingly, the Lazard King. We'll do enough to give the Specs the win. Cobra Kai, you're going to put up points. Don't worry, Coach. You're going to put up some points because this is going to be the high-scoring game of the week. Oh, I don't have a sound uh, pulled up for that, but uh, we'll put something in there. Siren. Oh, yeah, so we've disagreed on two out of three now. Okay. Right. Yeah, we're getting there. Okay, game four, everyone. The worst team ever versus White Mamba. The current projections have White Mamba 152 to 142. Look, if if worst team ever and Coach Wanimi Dan show half the spirit and fire that he showed after the draft when the league picked White Mamba to take their division. Oh, yes, right, right. You know, yes. This is going to be a great game, right? Unfortunately for Coach Thompson, that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to come out on fire especially with my explosion duo of Saquad Barkley and DJ Moore. They are going to pace the team that almost no one believed in at the draft to take this division. They're going to surprise White Mamba with a 200-point game to kick off the season. Wow. I'm going with worst team ever. Details. Details there. 200 points right out the gates. Well, I I was that judicious. Well, I don't know. I, too, see worst team ever pulling this off as a winner. So we're in agreement there. Hey. Right. For different reasons. I do believe that um, we're going to see quite a bit of regression. And uh, with a young guy stepping up in Atlanta, carrying the ball, and we're going to see the fading... Corderell Patterson has an implosion this week. I mean, and he's only projected 11 points. I'm saying it's going to be a lot. Oof. 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 That's, that's tough. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. And, and I don't want to even mention, um, for those who are uh, loyal listeners who listened last year, they know my feelings on Miles Sanders, and that has not changed. No. That has not uh, changed, and uh, so got Miles Sanders and Patterson there at running back. That's oh, a problem, Mamba. That is a big problem, especially I think Miles Sanders dealing with an injury right now, like a hamstring, something like that. At this Probably point, go out so. there and get Mostert before uh, Coach Lee. You may, you might want to try to get Mostert or any of these other guys we mentioned because we've got a couple guys needing running backs. I gotta tell you. All right, and by the way, uh, you're you are picking against your eventual champion, right? Hey. You can start off slow. Hey, it's possible. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's why it happens. All yeah. right. Week. All right. We're going to game five. The Pimpery Doughboys versus the new kid on the block. Super hot monkey nut. Never thought I'd be saying those four words together. <laughs> so far, the projections have super hot monkey nut, 153 to 145. What are you thinking here, Coach Dewey? Okay, um, what I have written down is 
I just really think that these projections from CBS Sportsline actually make sense to me. This is this is one game where I was like, huh, okay, yeah, I can see that. Okay, this checks out with what I'm thinking. Oh yeah, I heard that. It, everything seemed to to work out, which is which is rarely the case. Uh-huh. You know, there's always some projection where I'm like, oh, I don't know, that seems t- terribly wrong. But this one, everything seemed um, kosher. The only one to me that I think is off is the Darren Waller situation, which is 12 points. Vegas coming to LA. I think that uh, that uh, new Chargers pass rush is going to force Carr to throw underneath a bit more than the outside with his new toy. So I think Waller and Renfro are going to have great games, leading to an explosion from Waller. And the edge to the rookie fantasy team owner, super hot monkey nut, win. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think super hot monkey nut's going to kick off his fantasy football career with a win. Uh, it partly due to an explosion. <laughs> Kyler Murray is going to get off Twitch long enough to get into Coach Berg's heart with a massive performance here. Can I just verify here uh, that you said Kyler Murray is going to be an explosion player when in the offseason rankings uh, a resounding three of us said avoid him at all costs. He's going to be a bust. Yes. Oh, yeah. But if you, if you listen to me when I was talking about him as a bust on our bus show, Kyler Murray does tremendously well in the beginning of the season. Right. And then he fades. He falls off the Cliff Kingsbury. And it just, he, he won't win you a championship. But he will get you off to a good start. And it goes hand in hand with your Hollywood Brown explosion yep. from earlier. So I'm, I'm all for it. I think the, the Cardinals, the Chiefs matchup, it's going to be fireworks. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, Coach Berg, he's going to need all of Kyler's 40-plus points as this is going to be the lowest combined score of the week. I I think there's there's some hard-to-come-by points on both sides from guys. Uh, David Montgomery's going to struggle against the San Francisco defense. Nick Chubb, I think, is going to struggle against a much-improved Carolina Panthers front front seven. Michael Thomas, we're both not believers, so... I, I haven't think. been since 95. No, yeah. I'm not 95, but it was, it's been a while. It has 2019. Uh... So I don't think he's going to do anything along with Amari Cooper. I think all those guys are going to struggle. So it's going to be a lot of like you know a lot of very bad games mixed in with some 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 big ones, and it's going to be enough. It'll be enough. It's not going to be impressive, but Super Hot Monkey Nuts going to get the win. All right, another agreement. All right. So now we're at th- three three agreements to two disagreements, and I have a strange feeling we might disagree on this one. No way. Game six, last game of the week. The Hollywood Highness, your defending champion, Hollywood Highness, versus the Treasure Island Tritons. Current projections, 164 to 138. This is the biggest point spread of the week, according to the projections. Currently stands at 26 points. It's not going to disappoint everybody. Uh, put your money in Vegas on the Highness, the defending champion. We're going to come out of the gate with an easy win. Due to some dominant performances by Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Dalton Schultz, the Broncos, D. It's just, just going to be every much. I'm going to name every team. single player on the you team except for my kicker. Maybe my kicker. Explosions for all of them. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's just going to be too much for the, the Tritons. So you're going to put up a valiant effort. I think Cortland Sutton. He's going to be the beneficiary of that explosion that I had for Russell Wilson. He might catch two to three touchdowns. I think Matthew Stafford's going to light it up on Thursday night against the Bills. But what I see not helping your cause is an implosion. Josh Jacobs is just going to fall into the, the realm of New England running backs. He's not going to catch passes. He's going to kind of try to run it. It's just not going to work out for him. He might get a touchdown plunge, but I don't. I don't see him scoring over ten points. Obviously, Heinz win. 
Yeah, I think you're way off on that prognosis for uh, Josh Jacobs in that offense. He he has in the past shown himself to be a very capable receiver out of the backfield. Um, he is a solid runner, and even though there was that strangeness in the preseason first game in which he got a ton of work early and none of the other starters did, which was very strange, I don't think that bodes. It has no no for for forbearing on what's going to happen um, now that the regular season is going to start here. Now, what I was just saying the game previous, how normally the points projection, there's something that I just doesn't pass the sniff test, something that's just oh man, that just wrong. Jalen Hurts at 35 points. Bit too low. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I think it was too low. Yeah, yeah. I figured I'm with I you. I'm you, with you on that one. I figured if I gave you a pause long enough, you would make the ridiculous <laughs> joke, um, and you went for it. Well, uh, I don't know, man. Maybe call it the hard knocks bump for me, but I'm believing in the Detroit D and uh, and Man Campbell down there. He's got some dogs playing down there for them. Uh, <laughs> grit. It's grit. Yes, uh, Jalen Hurts is going to experience the grit in Detroit. And so I'm dropping his number down, but the unsung heroes of this week won for the Tritons. Out of nowhere, double explosion. <laughs> Kicker, Daniel Carlson, and Colts defense. Ooh. The Colts defense is going to put the hurt on David Mills and the Houston Texans, and Carlson in that beautiful SoFi Stadium on Sunday afternoon is going to kick five field Well, I hope not. I really hope not, because that'll be really bad for your Waller explosion. <laughs> right. Okay, <laughs> 17 extra points. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Tritons win. Yeah. Oh, shocker. I didn't, didn't see that coming. All right, look. Thank you all very much for listening. We're embarking on another season, our third season now. It's 2022. Get ready for it. We're going to be bringing you more of the same with a twist. We're going to be uh, building ourselves up a little bit here. We're going to be talking some waiver wire. We're going to be talking players that you can add or guys that maybe you should just give up on and drop at this point. We're also going to be talking more players in matchups that you want to avoid and then you want to get as much as you can from those. But we thank you for listening. Once again, our Instagram is chumps underscore the number two underscore champs. And our Twitter is chump the number two champ underscore FF. As always, this is GM Lions, Coach DOA. Good luck. 